Podcast Answer Man, episode number 342. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey, this is Chris Brogan from ChrisBrogan.com, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to this online world we live in, putting your message out there, or if you've been doing this for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and this week's episode is going to be a great one, and I know that because my wonderful friend and social media correspondent, Eric J. Fisher, uh, is here on this call with me right now, and we've already pre-recorded 32 minutes of this episode. Eric, how's it going, my friend? It's going great, and I can't wait to re-listen to what we just recorded. (laughs) Yeah, so we recorded this yesterday, about 24 hours ago, and what you're about ready to hear is a conversation that Eric Fisher and I had with our mutual friend, Scott Stratton. Scott's over there at unmarketing.com, and uh, he was also probably the single greatest keynote that New Media Expo has ever had outside of my great uh, friend uh, Leo Laporte doing all the podcasting stuff. But when it comes to just the overall approach to how we use social media, Scott Stratton's keynote at New Media Expo 2014 was out of this world. Wouldn't you agree, Eric? I would agree, especially because we were sitting there on Sunday morning and it was like he was holding church. It was. <laughs> we were the crowd. Everybody was in the crowd yelling amen. And we were the and choir. We were yes. the choir and we were we were we were enjoying it. Yes. So absolutely. I loved that keynote. And of course, uh we've had some great conversations since then on Twitter. Uh and I think it was Scott that was it in Twitter that Scott invited himself to come crash this party? He did. Actually, it was on Facebook. But yeah, it was it, it was his post. You I think you you uh, talk, oh. You mentioned it on there, and then it was his post about his tweet bot filters. You talked about it and then said, hey, Eric, you want to talk about this? And then he was like, I'll crash that. I'll crash that party. Come on over. And so that's, what's, that's what prompted today's episode. By the way, um, this is the third episode within, I think, the last five or six episodes of Podcast Answer Man where we're going to be talking about Twitter and if that is not appealing to you, we completely understand. And I, I invite you to, well, number one, I encourage you to just stick around and listen to at least the Scott Stratton part of this episode because it at least gives you a different perspective outside of that. Um, and then following the Scott Stratton part, Eric and I are going to give five tips for a relational approach to Twitter. So we've been talking about how, you know, how we desire to use Twitter with a relational focus. And a lot of people are like, I just don't understand how you do that when Twitter is already kind of too far gone. It's all, you know, five tips to this and five this and seven of this and 10 of those and links to everything and it's all advertising and and it's all automated and it's just, you know, Twitter even says they're a news and information network now. 
Um, I, I've tried to use Twitter and it just doesn't work. Uh, how can I possibly use Twitter in a relational way? Eric and I are going to share five tips for doing that after the conversation. But if that's not of interest to you, I totally get it. We'll catch up with you next week. But uh, we're going to go ahead and jump first into the conversation that we recorded yesterday with Scott. And then we'll be right here on this episode with those five strategies slash tips to help you out. Scott, thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, it's my honor to be on this show. So uh, don't ever, ever doubt that. Hey, congratulations, by the way, on your two top-ranked podcasts that are just absolutely crushing it in the iTunes uh, store. Uh, give give a plug real quick for your two shows. Uh, the Unpodcast, that's the main one. That's the uh, everything you wanted to hear and not hear about business. And then the Vegas 30, which is uh, Vegas for people over 30. Uh, too, too old to stand in line and too young to play bingo. So that's the two of them. And we have a blast doing both. Excellent. And the, both of those are available in iTunes. I encourage you guys to go check them out definitely subscribe. Scott, I first learned about you several years ago through your book, Unmarketing. I, I, I believe I was just walking through Barnes and & Noble and, and it happened to be, I think, on an end cap at the time. Yep. And it was in a section of books that I, I regularly check out, business and personal development. And it, it seemed very interesting. I didn't purchase it at the time, but, <laughs> but I, I, hey, I'm authentic and transparent here. But the, the but the reality is, is I did pick it up and I skimmed through it and it's like, man, this is going on my eventual read list. And so I took a picture of it and I'm like added it to a list of books that I'll eventually get to. I, yeah, the funny thing is I get people who will tweet me in store and they're saying, hey, I'm reading your book in the store. It's great. I'm like, don't read it in the store. <laughs> buy it and take it you're home. Not, you're not the Barnes and Noble library. Like buy the thing. Well, I don't know. It's expensive. It's seventeen dollars. Trust me. It's you'll be okay. Well, so I pre- I appreciate you 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 uh, you taking a loan out of Barnes and Noble. And yeah. <laughs> well, I I did. I I previewed the book, but you know what the book did for me though is it definitely introduced me to you, and I started looking for you online, and that's when I first became familiar with you and your message. Uh, and of course, you know, being in the online world, uh, you know, some of us share a lot of uh, a, a same, you know, communities online. And, and right. I heard a lot of people talking about you and the buzz around your book and message and stuff like that. So um, that it was your book that introduced me to you. And it introduced me to the idea and this fact that you are very keen on building relationships and not necessarily all about focused on ROI and uh, strategies for automating people into a sales funnel. I, I, am I accurate in saying that? Yeah, I think I, I, I'm not, I have. I don't have a problem with automation in certain aspects of business. I have a newsletter. I, I send them a welcome message. I, I talk to them that way, and it's automated. So I'm I'm a fan of automation. Automation when it's appropriate. Yeah. And I'm a fan of engagement in an authentic way where that is called for. It's just it's just it's just not marketing marketing like a jerk. That's really what unmarketing comes down to, and not interrupting people all day. Cool. Well, folks that are listening know that Eric and I have been talking about uh, trying to win Twitter back. We, we, we felt that it lost its human touch, especially with Twitter making that official announcement uh, at a at, well, actually, it wasn't an official announcement. It was a Twitter exec, I think about a year and a half, two years ago, let it slip in conversation in response to a press question 
you know, that Twitter is an information network. But recently they put out a video for the very first time explaining what Twitter is. And they very much said, we're an information network. We're kind of like, you know, the next we're 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 like the newspaper of today. And uh, we we talked about how sad we were to 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 hear that. And of course, also uh, even more saddened by the fact that it's become a reality. And that's been a topic of conversation for us recently. And um, talk about real quick, Scott, what is Twitter to you and what do you want it to be? Well, I think what Twitter is to me right now was not what it was, like you said, in the old days. For me, the old days was 2008, 2009, and uh, I've, I semi-famously jumped on and lived on Twitter for 30 days, and I tweeted 7,000 times, and I, I, you know, that's really where I started. I built my, my platform yep. and um, uh, to, to where it is today, where it's everybody talking and nobody listening. And uh, I, I want it to be, it's the only place, it's the only place that we have real-time conversation going on a kind of a mass level and where we can select whose conversations we want to listen to and jump into. And for us geeks, you know, social media, when, when it exploded, us geeks were sitting around saying, we've been doing this for 15 years already. You know, we've been doing message boards. We've been doing um, IRC. We've been doing chat. We've been, we, so this is nothing new. The problem is the chat has changed. And, it's no longer about let's log in, let's see who I'm following, who's online right now. It's like, well, we need a presence there, so we just got to push stuff there and push stuff and let our customers or our audience or our followers they can talk to each other. But I just don't have time. And it's it's real hypocritical of all of us, including including myself. Absolutely, Scott. When you when you did your uh, keynote, Cliff and I, and you started basically saying those things out loud in front of a large crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliff and I, <laughs> we digitally high fived, saying, "Look." He's saying it. Somebody, you know, it was that Jerry Maguire moment. Look, finally, somebody's saying it. You know, and uh, I, think, I think I saw Cliff walk out with the goldfish in the bag. After yeah, that. there you go. The, the <laughs> fish is coming with me. And you, you said something. You said scheduling is the worst thing to happen to social media for me. Automation is the worst thing to happen to social media. It is, and it just I've, resonates with me. Sure. I've been, I've been saying that. I've been saying scheduling and automation is the devil. Is is the way is really the kryptonite to Twitter. And I've been saying that since we've had the first ability to either cross sync updates, you know, a Facebook post going into Twitter or schedule tweets. And, and here's, and I've, I've been having, and it's really sad, but I've been having the same argument or some call it a debate with people for, for years about this. And they always, they say now, the argument now is, well, Scott, I schedule tweets because of whatever reason. But if somebody replies to me, I get a notification in my email that I get a reply so I can still engage and not be there. And to me, that is, that's, and it's funny calling social media selfish, but that's the most selfish thing we can do because here's the problem is that you're not giving to the conversa- conversation infrastructure of Twitter, meaning you're not logging in on Twitter and seeing what the people you follow are saying and so you can talk to them. You're only popping in directly. It's like answering the phone when somebody tweets at you and then you're leaving. So you're like, I don't have time for the inherent conversation going on. I do have time if you just say my name. We're like, we're like dogs. Like we'll part, we'll, our ears will perk up if somebody says, Scott, I'll be like, yeah, I'll answer you. And that, and what I said on stage too, is I'm, I'm, I, I sit there and preach. You shouldn't schedule. You shouldn't do this, but I'm one of the worst people to do just the app mention. Listen, 
for me to keep up, I guess you could say, is I look at my app mentions and I stopped looking at the general tweets or at my lists because I only had time. I'm throwing air quotes up in the air for that one. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I'm looking at and saying, I'm one of the worst culprits. So I've been doing for the past six months trying to go back and and every day check in on at least a list or two that I'm following to to give back to that, to say, hey, you know, um, uh, it's the best way we can high five each other. It's the best way we can say I'm interested in you uh, is Twitter because it's become that automation. I, I, I always say if you schedule, it's like sending a mannequin to a networking event. You know, you're there, but you're just not there. And what you're telling people is I don't have time for you. But but obviously you have time for my content, so please absorb it and listen to it. And that's not that's not how tw- Twitter. If I join Twitter, I'm telling you guys, if I join Twitter right now as a new user today, I would last not even a day, and I would be gone, and I would never use it again. Absolutely. In fact, um, there's been a conversation that's been happening in the podcasting A to Z alumni. Uh, Facebook group, and I know that you're a part of that as well, but probably not maybe aware of all the conversation that's happening there. But I'm not in the Facebook group of that. Why am I not in that Facebook group? I need to change that. I'm sorry. All right. Well, we'll make sure that that happens because <laughs> you're certainly eligible. I'm a, I'm a proud alumni of the course. All right. So so I want to read to you something that uh, uh, one of our fellow, one of the alumni members had posted there. He says, I'd like to share a lesson I learned this past week. I recently went through and scrubbed my Twitter follow list and left only those with a personal connection or those that I'm really interested in, my gurus, I guess you could say. I have a very, very modest number of followers, so I was surprised to hear from a handful of people asking, why did you unfollow me? I really didn't expect this, so I engaged them. Here's what I gleaned. In essence, when I follow them after they follow me, In a small way, I'm saying, I see you. I recognize you. You're a part of what I'm doing. You have value. They were honored, in quotes, that I followed them. Imagine that, honored. In turn, they were disappointed and felt unappreciated when I actively unfollowed them. Those that I unfollowed were not all spammers or fakes. Yes, some linked a lot about their podcast, blog, or program, But isn't that to be expected? I do it. In fact, some that I unfollowed retweeted my tweets, favorited my posts, and mentioned my work. However, I unfollowed them because I did not have a personal connection with them, and they were not one of my gurus, in quotes. Taking a step back, I get it. My follow recognized them as significant, even if only in some small way. I've since refollowed many. Now, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I shared a lot of thoughts on this. Scott, I'd love to hear <laughs> your initial thoughts. And, and I'm, I'm bracing myself for you to actually have a different response than me. Well, I, I have a, when I, my biggest regret on Twitter, um, and this is somebody now, I've tweeted over 100,000 times. I have over 165, I think, thousand followers. My biggest regret on Twitter was using a, a third-party program to auto-follow back anybody who followed me. And that's why I follow right now 35,000 people. 35,291. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Where it's, it's, uh, it, The problem with that, I thought it was a courtesy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was nice. I thought I was doing exactly. And the reason why I stopped was exactly what you just read, which was people were touched and they would DM me. And they would send a message saying, wow, thank you so much for following me back. 
And I, I really, my, if my whole world is about authenticity and transparency and marketing, and I'm auto-following back, I didn't have the heart to write back and say, I didn't follow you back. It was automated. And I, don't, I, think it's actually, um, I think it's actually a disservice to people because when you unfollow them, now, mind, mind you, how people know somebody unfollowed them or unfriended them is, is, is another discussion in a whole other episode um, where people subscribe to things, where they get emails telling them how many people unfollowed or unfriend them in the list of them, which I think is it's sadistic to me. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, for me, when it comes to following and following back is you need to follow within your own interest. So it is who I'm interested in. It's who, who I will find interesting. And, and I couldn't keep up with the, no, listen to me, the, the humble brag, right? But I couldn't keep up with the number of notifications I was getting of who was following me. So I couldn't, you know, take a look and see who would be good and who would not be. But we can't follow a certain number of people, right? There's all these studies all over the place, how many people you can connect with and actually have an authentic connection and follow. And I know my number isn't 35,000, right? And I have a hidden list of about uh, 75 people called my awesome sauce list. I can follow that really well, but I have to call that and I have to focus. And if you don't have focus or you don't have that connection or interest in people, you will lose all interest in the platform. So that, you know, that's my opinion on, on the following side of things for sure. I love have that. You ever, have you ever considered doing any kind of an unfollow batch unfollow of just people that aren't? Well, yeah, and I, see, I could. I could because I could do everybody and just follow my list and go refollow those people. I don't have the heart. I am, I'm being per- perfectly honest with you guys. I don't have the heart to drop everybody. I think it's kind of a jerk move, you know, when you drop everybody. But on the other side of it, it's a jerk move to follow them and not actually follow them. That, so you, I'm in this, I'm in this squeeze exactly. here where yeah. I'm not listening to people I'm following, but I don't want to do the dump, right? Where, because, you know, when you see somebody who has 160,000 followers and they follow 80, I just I don't I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the. Oh, thanks a lot, Scott. So I, I I definitely I took jerk move number two. Yeah. And then I did the massive unfollow. Of course, I don't have one hundred sixty three thousand three hundred eighty three people that follow me. Right. But but that's but that's what I should do. Really, if you want to be honest, if we all want to be honest and transparent, since Twitter shows the numbers, we should I should be dumping that number that's and I should be doing exactly what you do because that is true. That is exactly what I was getting ready to say. It's about being authentic and telling people what you're really doing. And for yeah. me, that's what it was. And when I got to a, right now, I'm at 11,284 people who follow me, yeah. um, which, you know, I, I think that's amazing and I'm extremely honored by it. And I believe it's a huge responsibility to have that many people follow what you have to say. And I, I think that plays into a lot of this stuff. But here's the reality is when I hit when I actually hit about 4,000, 5,000 people at that time, I was following approximately the same number of people. And right. and this is exactly you. You mentioned one thing and Twitter actually can be a very distracting and uh, frustrating experience when you follow that many people simply by the amount of direct messages you get. And specifically the direct messages that come from people whose passwords are easily socially hijacked <laughs> and and you just get inundated by all this crud and having a direct message is actually it, it is worthless. It means nothing because it is not an inbox that can be kept up with. Right. Exactly. And now I had this conversation with with Chris Brogan a long time ago because he when I stopped auto following back, he kept doing it. And I said, man, I don't know how you keep up with this. The just the automated DMs. Not this was before like we were getting right. hit with 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 the phishing, you know, and the virus type of stuff. It was just automated DMs. And I said, man, I don't know how you do it. He's like, it's just I think it's nice to follow them back. And then he he eventually 
dumped everybody as well. You just on the fact he's just talking about DM volume alone. So that was my whole thing was just and I but then I had an issue of of okay the people who I still want to follow do things I don't like yep. you know like they yes. schedule or they auto post or they link so I had to find a way of how do I keep following people I like but not see the, the Facebook synced or the Instagram photo or the Foursquare check in type of stuff that I didn't really want to see and that's where I started you know find figuring out tools within the the platforms to mute certain apps and things and it's certainly Twitter's gotten a heck of a lot better in the past thirty days for me for sure. You know, I've noticed that. And and of course, that's about how long, 30, 60 days, something like that, that Eric and I have been talking about winning Twitter back to the, what we first fell in love with, with the service. Um, and all three of us have one thing in common. I, I'm almost positive of this. But all three of us, when we are engaging with Twitter, almost all the time, we are engaging with Twitter through TweetBot. Is that correct? Yes. Eric, that's still still true for you? Totally true. So, um, and by the way, TweetBot has a desktop app for the Mac. Um, I believe it's still available. I know that Twitter only allows them so many tokens. Um, but there's TweetBot for iOS, and I, I don't think it's for the Android, is it? No, I don't, no, I don't think so. When I mentioned TweetBot last week, the Android people jumped on and were crying. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but TweetBot is amazing. And one of the, one of the features, actually, I'm going to share one feature that I, I really love. So I follow 72 people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I do actually have other people on list. Like, for example, um, when I go, went to New Media Expo, if yep. you were at New Media Expo and you at replied me with hashtag NMX or you actually at replied me about something related to New Media Expo while we were there, what I was doing, I actually had, and all my lists, by the way, are private because I don't want people to feel left out. So, yeah, me too. Same so thing. I create a private list called NMX 2014 and I actually was adding you to a list. And mm-hmm. so every now and then what I can do TweetBot actually has the timeline, but you can actually click on timeline and then you can choose one of your lists and your list actually becomes your timeline. So I imagine, Scott, that you're probably doing the same thing. You actually pull up your list for Awesome Sauce and that's really what you see when you load up the Twitter app. Uh, exactly. Tweetbot that's app. exactly what pops up when I when I first load in is is that private list. And I always say about the private list and like if, you, if you have to ask if you're on it, then you're not on it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Fight Club. We just don't. We don't talk about awesome sizes. But that's it. That's that's what I look at. I have. I and that's where my my tabs are set up. And I love the tabs on there. I got my. I got awesome sauce list. I got at replies. I got DMs. And I even got the filters button where I go in and, and tweak what I'm seeing overall as well. Yeah. So so the that first feature that I I just definitely want people to know about Tweetbot allows you to change your timeline so that you're not following everybody. Uh, that you follow, but you can, speci- or you, or for my example, I, I do follow only 20, 72 people, but occasionally, you know, I get kind of poured with just what those 72 people have said, um, you know, and, and I'm like, I want to see what a broader audience and I can actually specific, specifically look at certain interests like Mac users or podcasters or bloggers or internet marketers or people from this conference or that conference. And it's kind of cool to be able to do that and literally just stay engaged but with automatically every time you open the app. That's what you're kind of into at that moment. So that's a really cool feature. But uh, Scott, I want you to tell us about the muting ability of TweetBot. Oh, it's like it's just it's like Christmas. I've just changed. <clears throat> it's changed Twitter again for me where I'm in one. I apologize for my dog. He's an angry, angry individual. Um, 
that the 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 biggest thing. I'll close the door. Hang on. I need to fire him. So um, the biggest part about muting was you pick the app or the hashtag you don't want to see in your timeline. So if you don't like the follow Friday anymore um, or you don't like um, scheduling, so you're not going to use something like, let's say, Buffer or uh, Twitter feed or my favorite tweet old post which is the most hilariously named app I've ever seen on there, which you, you just, you just 100% given up when you're using that. Um, it, it's, it's, you couldn't call it like toast or toast or something like that where it would have been funny. So what you do, you mute the tag or the app or both, and it will now remove all those things from your timeline. So even when you're looking at your lists or your follows or anything else, it will allow you to ignore them. And you can ignore them temporarily. Let's say there's uh, something going on or, or, you know, there's a hashtag just you usually like, but you don't want to see it for the next week. You can mute it temporarily for a week or something. And I just mute everything forever. So my whole mute list is, is just, I, I don't ever want to see a Facebook post on Twitter. I don't ever want to see an Instagram post on Twitter. I don't ever want to see a, a scheduled tweet post. I am there for the real time conversation. And it's, it's literally just removed so much where now I can see when my actual friends are there versus their 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 scheduled or their sync post, so I know there I can talk to them when they're there too. I like that, and 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 the love it. The clients feature. This is something that uh, is amazing, and and one of the things that I've done, and and I I hesitate to say this, but you know what, I'm just going to say it. Um, I I had forgotten about the mute features there. I had actually activated a couple things, but when you tweeted the list of your clients that you mute forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it got me to look in there again. It's like, oh, wow. And something that's been added. And yeah, I, it, it's going to be painful for me to say this. Because <laughs> we like the people that be- work there and I, we like the service exactly. to an extent. And, and also, I really love the people who abuse it a, a lot. Um, but <laughs> I noticed that I can actually mute buffer. So that yep. if you buffer a post for later, I can mute it. And dude, that cleaned up Oh my gosh, I can't even begin to tell you. By the way, there's that and social oomph. Social yeah. oomph and buffer killed automation. Um, yeah. And it took it out of my timeline. And I did not even realize that those two services were added to the mute abilities. And it has that alone has taken a couple of my really close personal friends that buffer a lot. And now, because I've been told by somebody they need a presence, they always need a, a constant presence. And instead of uh, if I, like like if you did it, and I saw it, I'm like, hey man, great post. And then six hours later, you're like, thanks. I'm like, well, oh, you jerk, you weren't even here <laughs> when it went out. <laughs> and that's the problem. I don't I don't want to be at the cocktail party and you send me a postcard. You know well, what I mean? I want to be. I want to talk to you. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I, okay. And, and you said earlier that you don't mind some automation when it makes sense in business and stuff yeah. like that. There is some of this stuff that really does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to occasionally linking to something that is self-promotion and is related to marketing. Like, for example, my podcasting A to Z course. Yeah. I, I will occasionally pu- publish something out like that. Now, I don't schedule those, but I, I'll give you a perfect example of when I would schedule something. So, for example, every year I do a Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. And mm-hmm. it's right around, it's obviously Thanksgiving time, and I usually take that time off. Mm-hmm. And so there are a couple things. Number one, when's the most appropriate time where the most number of people are going to see it? That That is something to think about when I'm yep. posting that kind of message. 
And by the way, I'm going to be with my family. And yeah, I am going to leave social media for a couple days, at least for the most part. Right. And I still want to get that message out about my Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale, which, by the way, uh, certainly provides value because, uh, you know, I sell thousands of dollars worth of my tutorials as a result. Right. So I do schedule those. So and and, and so I I say that there there are times when I feel like it's appropriate. And I just want to say to other people that while I most of the time really don't like seeing your scheduled tweets, I understand why you do some of what you do. How, yeah, how do we strike if, a balance? Yeah, you're yeah, you're not going to get me to agree with you. That's for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you know, for me, if it's it's again, it's the point of I, I here's a, here's an example. I got a tweet. I saw a tweet from somebody who was selling their uh, their their event. They were doing an event. This is this is actually way back in the day. It's 2009, 2010, which is funny because that's way back in the day. And the guy tweets something about an event, and I wrote back. And um, I, I, I just I asked a question about it, and um, it was like something like thirty seven days later, he replied. Oh wow! And uh, and I said, um, wow, that was quite a turnaround time. And he wrote back, said, yeah, you know, I was busy. I'm like, what are you, Gandhi? What are you wandering a continent with no Wi-Fi for six weeks? You can't reply. And what happened was it was scheduled, and obviously that's excessive and that's a, it's extreme. But here's the problem: if if you tweet about a course and I look at it and I'm like, hey, and I and I actually did this. This is actually how I came into your world. Yep. Right. Um, I just, you know, I was asking around, I want to start a podcast nine years late. And who, who do I look to? And people, you know, three of the four people, you know, the average was was just you. Um, and I said, OK. And I went and checked out the site. And, but here's the thing. If I saw your link, went to the site and I wanted to ask you a question because I was in I was in that frame of mind of purchasing. I just had one question about it and I already saw your tweet. So you're, you're quote, you're there, but you don't reply to me until the day after Cyber Monday. Then we have a potential loss of sale. So there's your it's it's but is there I don't have a problem selling. I've promoted every book I've got on Twitter. It's your ratio. And the and the exciting thing about that is that while my cyber sale, let's just say for example, is automated, uh, you know, I, because I didn't want to actually say, hey, I'm going to step away from my family's dinner time, you know, or our our holiday movie or whatever to actually s- send out this last minute tweet that it has to go out today at a certain time. But if you but I will, you know, that afternoon or, you know, as we're waiting in line for dinner or something like that, I might check. Oh, you know, some Scott's asked me about this thing. And hey, Scott. Yeah, it does include that. Thanks. Right. right. So but again, you, you'll be you lose out the real time aspect. I, I do. And, and I do. Without, lose the real but time. Hey, if you lose one sale of uh, uh, a smaller ticket item purchase, of course, that's worth it. We're supposed to we're supposed to be human and allow yeah. to have time with our, with our families. Exactly. And, but if you choose to play the long weekend, because when you do that sale, you're doing that and 27 million other brands are doing a sale over that weekend yep. that you, if you choose to jump into that, that black Friday sea of, of madness, then you, you, you kind of, kind of get what it goes along with that. And it's, I, I don't think automation is, is, is the devil necessarily, even in social media. The problem is I always call it, I always call it a gateway drug. Yeah. That you do it once, then you'll do it twice in a week. And then you realize, you know what, I could schedule once a day. And then we get to where we are today, which is I never have to be there unless somebody's talking to me. And then I'll just let my, my virtual assistant handle it. Then I'll just sync five platforms across. That's why I never got into Google+. Plus. It's just the same content I was getting in everywhere else, but the, for the fourth time. Yeah. And that basically, you've said this, it breeds selfishness. It's about 
what you can get out of it instead of what you can give. And if you think back to the early days of Twitter, right, that never would fly. Think back to, yeah. look at message board. And I know I'm talking to fellow geeks right now. Think, look at message boards that are still thriving today. If we acted the way we do on Twitter in a message board, what would happen to us? We'd be, yeah. we'd be booted within 10 seconds of that board for automating and posting. Go to any, I don't care if it's a podcasting industry message board, I don't care if it's a paintball industry or a poker one or a World of Warcraft, name your million boards, you would not last a second. Why? Because they know, they understand it's community and conversation, not scheduling and, and posts. Yeah. What if, think about it this way, what if uh, even in modern terms with like texting, what yeah. if Scott or Cliff, if I texted you every you know hour on the hour with, Hey, check out this cool thing I saw. Link. <laughs> and what if I just kept texting you that? You know, would I you would block find, my I would number? Fi- I would fly. I would find you. <laughs> <laughs> he would geolocate your butt. I would go down, and I would. You would become my next my my target. Yeah, I would not. But that's and that's exactly the point. We wouldn't. We wouldn't do that way because that's that's it's just not right. You know, that doesn't make any sense. But people think we can do that. Let's say on. The conversational platform like like Twitter, and I agree with you guys that I it makes me sad when I hear it's a news platform. That the entire spine of it, the entire crux of, of, of Twitter to me is that real time conversation. Yeah, and, well, and go ahead. Eric. So then, so then, what do we tell newcomers to Twitter? Like, say somebody is, comes up to you and says, "Should I try Twitter? What's why should I do Twitter? How do I do Twitter?" Yeah, we as veterans, what do we tell them? It's you know I I said this in one of the the breakouts when we st- we launched the the Vegas Thirty Twitter account and I logged in and we put it we set it up I logged in and I had zero followers I looked around and I, and I tweeted something and nobody said anything and I looked around like this is horrible this is this what it's like for people and I just and then I'd go reply to twenty different people's tweets and nobody would reply back I'm like this is the worst day ever and I realized that if you want it to work and I still have there's a a, a, a glimmer of hope on the network that find people who are currently engaging that first of all decide why you want to use twitter and if it's just for voyeuristic reasons just for listening then that's okay that's what the majority of people on twitter do anyways you just want to follow celebrities or or athletes or brands or you just want to get you know quick notifications of sales for brands you like that's fine but if you want it as an actual conversation platform then go and look under topics and geographic regions even and see who is currently engaging because you know they are there. If you go and check, you know Seth Godin's um, account. It's just an automation of his blog. You're not going to get anything back from him. So find those engagers and try to find those ones who are also fairly new because it's a lonely place when you start. You got to give it time. Scott, I know that you have to run here, and this will be the last question we ask you, and we'll let you go because I know you have to head up to South Dakota. Um, but in, here's here's one of the alumni. This is something he said. He says. In six months on Twitter, I can honestly say that it has not added one thing of value to my life. I can't think of one thing that it has done to enrich me or made me any closer to anyone. Yeah. That, you know what? That's exactly what people who followed him are probably saying too. You know, you get, you get what you give to the platform. Yep. Right? That's, that's it. You just get what you give. And the people I see that say it didn't work, I look at their timeline, I look at their streams, and they've done nothing except promote. Nothing but push and nothing but they haven't given a social currency. It's, all, it's a bank account to me. You have to deposit. You have to invest first. I tweeted 10,000 times before I ever even pitched a thing on Twitter that the people who get nothing out of Twitter have never given to it in the first place. 
Absolutely. And one of the things that I would say, and I, and I think you probably would agree with this, is follow some people that you in your niche that you want to get closer to. Follow some people uh, that that potentially are following you and spend time each day actually thinking, how can I interact in a relational way in 140 characters or less? And what can I do in, with that opportunity to enrich the lives of others and i personally believe that by enriching the lives of others you and your life is being enriched bingo exactly scott uh man i wish we had more time with you friend and and i have a feeling you'll be back on again some point in the future thank you so much for taking the time to join eric and i gentlemen the pleasure was all mine thanks so much All right, Eric, there we go. Everybody else has had the opportunity to re-listen to, or actually to listen for the first time uh, to the conversation you and I had with Scott yesterday. I've already had the opportunity to listen to it over again, but uh, I realize you have not. (laughs) So... That's all right. What, what I what I've done here for you, and also to highlight to the folks who just listened to it for the very first time, I want to highlight a couple of notes that I took as I was re-listening to it this morning. And one of the things, interestingly enough, I never caught this quote-unquote tagline or phrase that Scott said when he originally said it in the episode. Sometimes I'm thinking about that next question, and and I admit that sometimes I'm not the best listener, and that's why I actually like to go back and listen to my own episodes. Uh, to hear, make sure that I understood and, and gain the value of all the things that our guests have to say. But one of the things that he was talking about when he talked about his brand, especially his book on marketing, he talked about, he goes, yeah, my message is marketing without interrupting people all day. Yeah, yeah. And again, his book on marketing and and actually the two follow-ups really follow through on that in terms of just putting content out there that's good in and of itself and and you're not trying so hard to like you know interrupt people <laughs> an, an an idea of interruption marketing would be the commercials during yes. television or the cold calls that you get while you're sitting at dinner or let's see all the junk flyers that you get in your mailbox and amazingly it's it's amazing how just I know that when he said those words he was talking about junk mail he's talking about those calls during dinner time and he is talking about commercials during our favorite entertainment moments and and all of that stuff but how that phrase completely lines up with what we're talking about some of these over the last several weeks the annoyances of people interrupting our real time conversation platform that we love had grown to love so much and how all these interruptions have kind of you know grown like weeds and really choked out the original thing that we loved about twitter yeah i I think and i think that's the thing is and and even he was talking about this as as far back as you know two three years ago or more 2010 i think is what he said and 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 it's true like do you remember when we, quick tangent, do you remember when we jumped into our Twitter archives yeah. a few months back? Yeah. When I looked at the early tweets that I did, I honestly, that was one of the reasons why I got inspired to start tweeting about bacon again is because I was doing silly little tweets that were like carefully crafted and almost like one-liner joke type things and the bacon just came along with it. But that's what inspired that and got me really excited about using Twitter as a uh, medium again. Yeah. And for me, it, what really got me and, and and Scott had mentioned this, 
He says, listen, when I I go to Twitter, I'm there for the real time conversation. And that's what I loved about Twitter. When when I first discovered it back in 2007, I had uh, basically understood that, man, this is an opportunity for me to connect with people like a group, you know, massive group text messaging. And that's really what it was. I mean, uh, I, I remember we we did not have the smartphones that we have today, uh, and I was using one of those crazy flip phones, and and I was getting people's, you know, you were able to follow people and have their text or their tweets sent to your phone as a text message update, and if you wanted to, you could hit reply and and actually text an update back, and it was really it was text messaging, um, but it of course had its own platform as well as we all know. So what we're going to do is, and here's the deal, when we started using Twitter back when we first signed up, we, Eric Fisher and myself, signed up to for the relational focus. We, we wanted to use it to build relationships with other people. And we want, I, I want to stress real quickly before we go into our seven uh, tips or strategies for people to uh, is it seven or is it five? I think it's five. I think it's five, but yeah. you're adding two more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to add two more? Anyway, the reality is, is that there are multiple focus or ways to use Twitter. Our way is not the only way. And we're not saying that if you have sat down and intentionally decided to use Twitter as a broadcast platform, we're not saying that you're worse than us or that we're better than you. Um, it, well, Let's say this, we've been doing these things and we've seen a change and an uptake in, or an uptick, I guess is a better word, in our return on our investment in doing it this way. We've both seen more followers. We've seen higher engagement. Heck, we both said, although it's not as important, we've both seen our clout scores go up. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. When we first started this conversation, I think it was in mid-December I think my clout score went from 70 to 77. So over the course of the of that since that period of time. Not that clout score means a whole lot, but I did want to I did actually check into clout just to see, you know, what I wonder what kind of effect this relational approach has had. And um, you know, that and of course taking pictures of building your new house also helps on Facebook. So I must right. I must actually put that in there. But anyway, let's start off with tip number 1. Uh, you want to share that with folks? Sure. Number one is decide who you follow carefully. So find people who are engaging in real time. That's going to be one of those things that's just a huge benefit. So for example, not that we're right out of the gate going to say, hey, follow us, we're engaging, but it's true. Like the majority of my tweets these days start with an at symbol because I'm replying to somebody else. Yes. So find those people, look at their timeline for people that are interesting and then see if they're replying to people and then you'll know you'll, there's a likelihood you'll get a response from them. Yeah. And also it's look for uh, some signs that they're actually engaging in real time about some of the things that are pretty much relational as far as relationally revealing about themselves. You know, one of the, one of the things that, you know, a lot of people hate it about Twitter. They're like, I'm not going to use Twitter because I really care less about what people are having for lunch. And what I like to do is when I'm looking to decide whether or not I'm going to follow somebody, I will go to their timeline on Twitter uh, and I will take a look and see, do they, does this person reveal a deeper look into their lives? Do they give me a behind the scenes look 
into something about who they are as human beings beyond what blog post have they recently uh, read and liked and want to share with you, beyond what product or service they have to sell you, or beyond links to their own content. Do they actually say, hey, this is what I just had for lunch, or hey, I'm excited about going to this, or hey, I'm really scared, you know, I, I'm I'm experiencing fear and resistance related to this these new goals that I'm having, you know, something that gives you a, if you look over the last week uh, in their timeline, is this somebody who actually reveals a little bit about themselves personally? That's something that I'm looking for because that's what I want to use relation or to use Twitter for. And I'll give you some perfect examples of this. I follow all five or six of the sharks from the TV show Shark Tank. Okay. So Mark Cuban, I I know a ton about Mark Cuban and what his personal likes are and things that make him tick, things that he loves, things that he hates. And it's not just all business and links back to himself. He really does genuinely share those kind of things. Um, the shark, uh, Damon, John, I he shares things that he likes. One of the things that I know about Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary, he's a photographer. He loves photography. Um, and and also, um, gosh, Robert Hershevec, he's a racer. He loves fast cars and just all of these different things you can learn about these guys. And these, you know, when I choose somebody personally, when I'm choosing somebody who I want to follow, I'm asking myself this or when I'm following this person, it's like this is a person that I would intentionally love to get to know on a deeper level. Now, by the way, if I'm not following you, that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't want that with you. The reality is, is I might already have it with you and I don't need Twitter to actually help me to take that to the next level. So so when I'm using Twitter with the people I quote unquote follow just by default what follow is on Twitter those are people that I'd love to get to know on a deeper level that I want that I'm looking for personally revealing things that help me to understand that person in a deeper way and the opportunity is is that you know these people number 1 they don't have to follow me back for me to use Twitter to build a deeper relationship with them and now, in most cases, I would hope that if I was to tweet them, many of the people that I follow, majority of the people that I follow, would eventually tweet back at me that they would respond, even if they don't follow me. However, you know, in the case of a celebrity like Mark Cuban and you know, and and these other guys that I'm talking about on Shark Tank and stuff, the reality is, is I don't expect those people to uh, respond back to me. But what you'll find is that if you were to send them an uh, a, a message on Twitter and at reply to them or respond to something that they had, there is a chance that they might reply to you. Now, will they know who you are compared to the other million people that follow them? Probably not. But here's the thing. If I ever go to a conference and these guys are a keynote or a guest speaker or something like that, and I have that opportunity uh, to go and meet them, and I really wanted to take a relationship to a different level, you know, I could actually uh, take, you know, a, a personalized gift, you know, something of extreme high value. I might, let, let's just say I really wanted to make an impression. I, I could find out when one of their birthdays are, and knowing for what I know about Twitter, I could actually send them, let's just say a $500 or a $1,000 gift and send that to their office and for their birthday, and that's going to stand out with a little note that just says, hey, I don't need anything in return. I just want to say thank you for all you do and for the inspiration that you give 
Uh, and thank you for being accessible to folks on Twitter and other places. And just sign at Cliff Ravenscraft Podcast Answerman.com and nothing else. That's it. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I might meet them at a conference and I'm shaking their hand. It's like, hey, just so you know, I'm the guy who sent you that thing for your birthday. And I just, you know, I don't want anything in return. I just, you know, say, hey, thanks for coming to this conference and and see if they take it to the next level. But I'm sure that you can see that by following somebody on Twitter, getting to know them personally, it really does open up opportunities for things like that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's uh that's definitely one of those those great opportunities. In fact, um, I had <laughs> I'm a big fan of the comedian Jim Gaffigan, and uh, he I I, re- I don't do this all the time, but uh, he tweeted a couple things, and I I responded to one of the tweets, and he favorited it, and that was cool. It was like, oh, I see your tweet, you know, I see your response. He gets tons of responses, but. You know, and it was a it was almost like a jokey kind of a thing that I wrote back to. So it was like, oh, cool. He like said thank you. You know, yeah, absolutely. and that was cool. Like it it, it it drove a deeper connection to somebody I already really like. I like it. So number one, decide who you follow carefully. Uh, tip number two: start out by making deposits slash investing in relationships before you expect anything of value in return, any benefit or return on your investment, if you will. Uh, This is something that, you know, I quoted somebody earlier. It's like, listen, I've been using Twitter for six months and we talked about this in our conversation with Scott. You know, it's like, and I just have not had even one single thing of value returned to me. And the reality is, is what are you doing to to give to them so we've already talked about that do you Mm -hmm. real quickly do you have anything that you want to add to that i think scott put it wonderfully when he talked about it being like a bank account you can't withdraw if you don't deposit first and so again and and i'm going to make that caveat that yes i know your content listener is valuable and it is an investment and it's you know to other people it changes their lives trust me when they listen to it consume it whatever however you being you and you being a person and approachable and interacting with them honestly sometimes is even more value- valuable than the content that you produce. Yeah. Hey, real quickly, Stuart is in our chat room and he says, your friends on Facebook are the ones you want to throw a drink at. The friends you follow on Twitter are the people you want to have a drink with. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Anyway, you know, I've, I have found that I, I do enjoy Facebook and interacting with those people in a relational way there as well. But uh what we're what I ha, what I have noticed is while Facebook had become my number one uh, social media platform for building relationships and taking them to a deeper level, uh, overtaking Twitter after a very long time, I have realized it's because of this you know movement away from uh, Twitter as a social media, and I'm I've noticed that over the nat- last ninety day sixty days or so that I have got to the place where Twitter is, it hasn't overtaken Facebook yet, but I can see it getting back to what it was in the early times because of these tips that we're sharing with people. Uh, So I would say right now, Twitter and Facebook are equally important to me for establishing and building deeper connections with people and having conversations with them. And I like them both equally. Facebook is not actually ahead of Twitter any longer for me. What's number three on the list there, Eric? Number three, use TweetBot to mute undesirable content, which we already talked about in the show, but let's rehash that real quick. 
Yeah, so you can use TweetBot. Uh, there, again, there's the desktop version. There's the iOS version. Sorry for those that are not on iOS or the Mac platform. But um, it, it does give the ability to mute things. And um, specifically, you can mute services. Now, Eric, do you want to actually go through and tell people the list of services that you will never see on on um, Twitter uh, as far as if they actually use these services to post to Twitter, and I'm pulling up mine right now as well. Yeah, I'm pulling mine up here. Let's see here. Mute. All right, a so few a few that I have. Let's okay. see. I've got Foursquare. That's Wait an obvious second. one. A few actually. Read read all read your entire list. The entire list. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got Facebook because <laughs> somebody posting to Facebook and then it going to Twitter usually truncates the message and that's pointless. Yep. So Facebook, I've got Foursquare, I've got Paper Lee. Yep. I've got let's see, Tweet Old Post. And I've also got wordpress.com because if you're auto posting from when you post something on WordPress, it's like you're lazy. Anyway, you know, I had that's never what I have in there right now. I am actually looking for tweet old post on here because I had I did not know that existed until uh, Scott said that, and I'm actually looking for it. Are you sure it's in here? Which one? Tweet old post. That's that's a service I that's in. It. I have it in mine. Huh. Let me hit cancel. Maybe I already have that. I can't see it. Yeah. Let if me. you go to if you go to mute and then you go to edit. Yeah, and then you hit the plus sign. Plus sign. And mute client. And I'm look. And these are. In, Here's tweet button, tweet bot for iOS, tweet bot for Mac, tweet. By the way, I love that tweet bot doesn't discriminate. They let you mute even their own client. Yeah. Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Tweet all post. I don't, I do not have that. That's interesting. That is really weird. All right. So here's, here's my list of things that I am uh, muting forever. Argyle social have no idea what it is. It's tweeted forever uh, or uh, muted forever. A Weber email marketing is is um, muted forever. Uh, Buffer is um, muted forever. But and by the way, that's brand new for me. And since then, it has really helped me. With I a think lot I'm going to be friends. adding that to my list. So if people are you know scheduling their tweets for later using Buffer, and a lot of my friends who um, are consistently sharing quotes and consistently p- linking to other people's blogs and content. On the internet, that you know, they're consistently doing five, ten of those a day. Uh, most of that was coming from Buffer, and this has completely cleaned that up for me, which is really nice. Um, I I also t- uh, mute Facebook posts that are brought over. Foursquare, Get Glue, uh, Google. I you know, if this, then that. Paperly, uh, Runkeeper, Social Oomph, Tweet Button. This is where a lot of people are actually clicking the little Twitter Share button and posting it out to their. Twitter feed, um, Twitter ads, Twitter feed, and Zeit personalized magazine. <laughs> oh wow! So those are the those are and so basically, if you were to post to Twitter using any of those services, and I was following you, I would never see them when I'm viewing uh, Twitter from TweetBot, either on my desktop or my iPhone or my iPad. Now I do I would still see all of those if I log in and see it from the web version which I do and now that I actually have the difference between the two oh my gosh is it painful to look at Twitter from the web client now Yeah no I I hear you Muting services though are not the only thing that you can tweet or that you can mute in uh tweetbot so for example you can also 
mute keywords. And I'll give you a couple that I have uh, tweeted or that I have muted. I have, if you actually have the word an oldie, which actually was the beginning of an oldie but a goodie, uh, then basically if you put an oldie in your tweet and then it's an oldie but a goodie, here's a link to an old blog post I wrote. If you have the words an oldie, I'll never see it. If you actually tweet the words from my archive in your tweet, I will never see it. And if you type in an oldie but a goodie, I'll never see it. So those are three keywords that I will never see if you tweet. Um, do you have any keywords muted, Eric? Keywords. I have in there from the archive. What's that's that? what I've got. You've got I've got from, got the, from archive. the archive, yes. Right. And then, that's one I've seen a lot. So. And then you can actually do hashtags. You can actually mute hashtags. For example, uh, hashtag CBJ, and I think that's Columbus Blue Jackets or whatever. And that came from the day when I was following my good friend Allison, uh, who basically always tweeted everything in real time, like play by play, everything that was going on with a hockey game. So I just, you know, I, I still wanted to follow her at the time. And so I wanted to get her tweets, but just not when she put in C- hashtag CBJ. Um, also, I got rid of hashtag FF for follow Friday or hashtag Mixler or hashtag Steelers. <laughs> Hashtag NFL, hashtag Giants. (laughs) Can you tell I'm not a sports fan? No. Yes. So so do you have any hashtags that are muted? I have. Most of them were were temporary. Yeah. So. And that's the thing. Here's the other thing. Um, So basically you can mute services. You can mute keywords. You can mute hashtags. You can even mute people. So if there's somebody that's just absolutely annoying you right now on Twitter with what it is that they're consistently posting today, but it's kind of out of character for them, perhaps they're at a conference, for example. That And by the way, I could be guilty of that for you. So if you want, you can actually click on that person and mute them individually. Now, here's the deal. With all of these services, keywords, hashtags, and people, you, when you're muting them, you have the option to, option to either mute for a day, you can, unmute, you can mute them for a full week, you can mute them for a month, or you can choose to mute them forever. Now, real quickly, Eric, I'm going to ask you to answer this question for Dave Dufour, who's in our chat room. He says, if you're muting all this stuff, why don't you just stop following people? Eric, you got any response to that? I, I, I'm going to give you a, a uh, an inside tip here. I actually have muted somebody that I'm close to, and I don't like what they do on Twitter. However, they'd be entirely offended if I unfollowed them on Twitter. And I don't like Scott said, I don't have the heart to do that hmm. because it's still a relationship that's good. I'm just removing. I'm being a good uh, I'm being a good roommate, and I'm doing the things on my part that will eliminate me from being annoyed by some of the stuff they've done. Eric, I promise you, it won't offend me that bad. Go ahead and do it. All right, I'll unfollow you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that's one reason. And the other reason is that here here's the deal. I have I have a friend on. Tw- I have actually I have three friends that I follow that do everything that I don't like to see on Twitter. They consistently nonstop 
tweet like probably at least once every 90 minutes. So throughout the day, just it's unbelievable the number of tweets. Number two, these three friends will uh, consistently share links to other people's content like nonstop. A majority of their tweets are linking to other people's content or linking to their own content or promoting a product or service. And, you know, it, it's just like they it's it's very, you know, it's it's very seldom it seems like it's very seldom, or at the time it seemed like it was very seldom, that they would ever write anything personal, anything in real time, anything that is that relational component component of what I love. But the thing is, is these three friends actually do post that kind of content. It's just, it, it, and it's not actually so far in between, so far and... Few and far between? That's exactly what I was thinking. Thank you. It wasn't for. as few and far between as I thought it was. Because what happened was as soon as I cut out buffer and a couple other keywords and stuff like this, all of a sudden I realized that, wow, this person is sharing stuff relationally and and stuff like that. And now that I've cleared out all of their automated stuff, now I'm actually getting that kind of a picture of the kind of content that I desired from Twitter about that friend. And that's why I still follow those three individuals, but mute a lot of stuff that they're posting. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's see here. That's uh, that was tip number three. So uh, tip number four, using Twitter lists. Now, we've talked about this a little bit in the uh, interview and Scott talked about his awesome sauce list. Uh, Eric, are you making use of lists and uh, what is a list and how do you I am. Um, Let's see. A a Twitter list is probably one of the most underutilized things on Twitter. In fact, I'm going to my account because I want to look and see what my lists are, which are, let's see, I've got one, I've actually got one for Twitter accounts of productivity tools that I use. And so that's a list where, you know, you I can look to, I can jump on there and see if they've got any new updates for those things that I use, just kind of check in on them. I've got one that's called Beyond the To-Do List, where it's all the people that I've interviewed for my podcast, they're on there. Um... Let's see, I've got one called Don't Miss that's private. And so that's a very small scaled list. It's got 30 people on it. And uh, that's one where even though I'm following an outright really small amount of people at, at this time, that list, the Don't Miss list, is the one where, hey, I haven't been to Twitter in a while. Let me cut straight to, let me let me drill down my focus on the microscope or something closer so I can see just these people to see if I've missed anything important that they've been talking about. And yeah, that's awesome. I've got more, but they're, they're way out there. Yeah. And, and so, and by the way, Twitter lists are available to anyone and everyone on Twitter. You don't have to have Tweetbot to use that. Um, I did talk about how Tweetbot Tweetbot will allow you to actually use a, a list as your main timeline in the app, which is pretty cool. But, um, and Twitter lists, just so you know, can be public so that people who actually go to your profile on Twitter, they can actually see your lists. They can even subscribe or follow your lists if they want to. Um, or you can make your lists private. And I had mentioned in the interview with uh, or the conversation with Scott that my lists are private because I don't want people to see who I'd put on there. And all of a sudden it's like, I didn't have time to add them to that list when they, you know, mentioned me in a conference or something like that. So I just make it all private because the lists are there to serve me, not to make people feel special that they're on a list somehow, some way. 
It's kind of like Scott says, if you have to ask yourself if you're on the list, <laughs> you're not yeah. on the list. No. Yes. It's not like that at all. The fact is, is that you know, my lists are there to help me. And why I love lists is, you know, as you know, I follow very few people on Twitter as a, as a default follow feature of Twitter. I think at the time that we're recording this, I'm following 72 people. But I actually have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on a lot of different lists for each of the conferences that I go to and and also different niche fields like internet marketers, uh, life coaches and and all kinds of other categories. Uh, it, it, it's just it, it's it, and what happens is and I and I, I lightly just passed over it, glazed over it. But I said sometimes I get bored of the people that I follow. And, I, and, and the reason why is because I'm only following 72 people. It's like, man, I just checked Twitter, you know, 45 minutes ago and nothing's changed. <laughs> right. It's because everything's muted. It's all automated. And, you know, these people, are, you know, are it's just the 72 people. So occasionally what I'll do is I'll switch my timeline over to a list. And it's like, oh, this is what's going on with these people. Hey, let me engage with them here. Let me engage with them there. So anyway, that's Twitter list. Number yes. Tip number five, don't interrupt people all day with your tweets. What does it mean, Eric, to use the at reply first? It means that you're responding to something somebody else has tweeted. Right. So, and and here's the thing. If So if you actually um, are using any official Twitter platform or any of the third-party ones and you hit reply, the first thing that the software will automatically do is put at their username and then a space and then you can start tweeting to them. When you do that, this is what happens. That person is the only person who will be able to see your tweet or the people who both follow you and that person. So let me give you an example. If I say at Eric J. Fisher, hey, great show today. Thanks for all the great conversation and all that you do. I appreciate you very much. If I was to tweet that message at Eric J. Fisher, then what would happen is Eric's going to see that in his timeline. He's going to also see it in his at replies. And also the people who follow me, but they also follow you, Eric, those people will see my tweet to you in their timeline. But anybody who follows me but does not follow you will not see that tweet in their timeline. So what it, what I'm doing is by at replying you and ha- and leaving your the at Eric J Fisher as the very first characters in my tweet that is keeping all the people who don't follow you from being interrupted in the timeline by my tweet I don't take up another space in their timeline now some people will put a dot in front of the at symbol and just by putting a period in front of the at symbol will actually force the tweet into the timeline of every single Twitter follow you have and therefore interrupting them. Yeah, it's it's one of those touchy things where it's like, well, I want everybody to see that I'm replying to this person. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not going to fault somebody for it doing it all the time, but I think it's contextual. Use it sometimes if yeah. you have to, if you if you have to. Yeah, so maybe how about this? Don't always interrupt people with all Actually, it's it, no I, it goes back to don't interrupt people all day long with your tweets. So it's okay to actually put the period in front of the at reply. Matter of fact, you may want yeah, you may actually want to say, "Oh, you know, dot at Mark Cuban. I totally agree." And then you could put the retweet in there and and all the other stuff. 
Yeah. Speaking of retweets, you know, (laughs) interrupting people's timelines all day with with the stuff that you just want to push out. Um, Use of other people of other people's content. Use retweets sparingly. Yes, I think this and and even the the follow up to this link to others sparingly. It's great. And Twitter is a great way to not only spread awareness and click throughs to your own content, but also other people's content that you want people to see. However, you are probably better off using it sparingly for the fact that if all you're doing is doing that, then you're creating a huge amount of noise. And again, you're, you're running the risk of people becoming desensitized to what you're sharing to the point where they tune you out. Desensitizing is the, is the big key there for me, Eric, is, you know, I, I, have, I would never mute these different things if they weren't so darn overused. You know, somebody tweeting, you know, using content and, and tweeting it out, you know, even every three hours, it's like, gosh, that's, you know, you figure something's being scheduled from Buffer every three hours on top of the stuff that you might be putting in real time and, and all the other stuff that it's just, that is just a lot of content. And when every day you have five pieces of content that you're sharing, the reality is, is every time I see something that you're sharing, if I haven't muted it, I just overlook it. I never actually, if, if I see a link in your status update if, and I've not unfollowed you, as soon as I see the link, it immediately says skip over and read the next thing. And and you're right. But however, if you were to only share links to other, people con, other people's content sparingly, the reality is it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this Eric just put a link to somebody's content. I, if he did that, it must be important because I know that he doesn't do that five times a day every single day right exactly there we go that that's all we have to say about that yes and 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 i'm gonna go i'm gonna say like scott did i'm not great at doing this stuff but i'm trying and we've seen the results you and i both have so yeah try it out yeah and then the other thing is is really consider the possibility of of just thinking about what would twitter be like if I really focused on real-time engagement, you know, it, it, what if I, what if it, you know, n- what if nothing that I put out was automated, and what if most of what I put out was just real-time conversation, and would, you know, and and it really reminds me of, of something you said yesterday, and in in, or in this conversation we had with Scott, and I love this. What if I texted you every thirty minutes or every ninety minutes? What would you do? And, and I actually like to think of it that way. It, it, I, you know, don't interrupt me with a, a text message every 90 minutes. I, I don't need to hear from you, you know, five times in a day. Hmm, that, that's tough to say. But the reality is, is when Twitter started, it started out with text messaging. And, and that's what I fell in love with. It. And, and that's what I'm trying personally to get back to. And we're not suggesting... I'm not suggesting anyway, and I know I don't think you are either, Eric. That we that everybody goes to this method, but it is an opportunity to build relationally, and these are our tips. Anything else? No, that's it. Just again, hit us up on Twitter. We talk to you. There you go. At Eric J Fisher, Eric with a K, the letter J F I S H E R. And until next time, and by the way, I'm at GSPN. Anyway, until the next time, my friends, we encourage you to take everything you do. To the next level. To get the thing you do to the
podcast. It's a mess.